Guys, welcome back to the Disgruntled Podcast. This is episode two. I'm super excited because we have our very first guest on. I am joined by John, as always, and joined by Taylor Canovan. Did I say that right? Canovan? Canovan, yeah. Canovan. Unfortunately, she is um, a Rakasan. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately <laughs> for you. Yeah, no. I've, some of my best friends are um are Rakasans, but I have a very deep down hatred for the Rakasans for my um deployment. So yeah. Oh no. Yeah, we um we ripped them out, and it wasn't very fun. But yeah, so Taylor, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you. So, why don't you let our, our listeners know a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, what you want to know? Everything. Nah. Everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Your name, where you're from. Yeah. Where you're from, your name, you know, why you joined the Army, you know, just different stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's always a good one. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, okay. So, I'm Taylor Ann Uh I am active duty in the army i'm from the south all over was born in new orleans grew up between there alabama and georgia ended up enlisting from north alabama (laughs) and i've been in for eight years i just hit my eighth year uh last month why i joined that is like a loaded question i guess but (laughs) There's several reasons. So the biggest reason was I just needed something completely different. I mean, no one ever expected me to join the Army. I never considered that in high school. You know, I thought I'd take a year off after graduation, then try college out. Um, But after I did some college, I realized uh, education was something I wanted, but not something I was ready to receive. And I feel very strongly about people who, who just get degrees and it's just a piece of paper. Like, to me, education is is bliss, right? That's a cliche, but I really need it. I didn't want to waste money on classes, um, that I just, I I was half assing for lack of a better way of saying it. (laughs) So one thing about school is I hated that I had to work multiple jobs and take out a bunch of loans. So I was like, you know what? I'll just join the military. I had a bunch of uh, family that had been in the military, like cousins, my brother. It's like, I'll join the military. I'll get some independence, get away from here. Uh, (laughs) I kind of had my heart broken, so I was like, let me get away from here, do something different. And also, this is going to sound super cheesy, but I mean it. <laughs> I really wanted to join something that could hold me accountable. So I, I thought when I raised my right hand, like there was no backing out, which yeah. now we know isn't necessarily true. But <laughs> uh, something that would hold me accountable, but also toughen me up, um, and not just physically. Like I felt like at 19 years old, like every other 19 year old girl with a broken heart, like, you know, just traumatized. And like, <laughs> Your world's coming to an end. Stable <laughs> in some way. So I was like, let me join the army because the guy who broke up with me had joined the army and broke up with me after two years from a letter from basic training. I was like, wow, he really got tough. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Dear John. So I was like, man, maybe I need to join the army so I can get tough and get over it. And it has honestly been the best thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, everybody goes through a broken heart. I don't know about joining the army because of a broken heart, but hey. (laughs) Whatever. Hey, I mean. There's a couple of reasons. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you've been in six years now and people don't even do four. Eight. Oh, eight. Yeah. Sorry. Eight. Oh, eight. 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 I don't remember. <laughs> I, know, I know she said eight because I remember going, damn, I just finished my 
fourth year of my inactive reserve <laughs> <laughs> making my eight years of military contract over i say i just finished wow, my good for you i just yeah, finished my, my six years so yeah we're, we're all getting there <laughs> awesome so yeah so obviously i obviously my listeners probably won't know this about you or if they do they do if they don't they don't so you have been a part of the 18th Airborne Corps, kind of like revamption of the SHARP program, for better or less words. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, the SHARP program is the Army's way of dealing with sexual harassment and assault and, you know, how they deal with it and go about it and stuff like that. It's a program, very great program for the Army. Um, 18th Airborne Corps is revamping it, and you are, like, I guess your head... You're headhunting. You're you're going strong with it, from what I've what I've seen. So why don't you yeah. let you know our listeners know a little bit of you know why you are so passionate about you know the sharp program and why you are you know so headstrong on it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Wes. If you've seen my Instagram, you're probably like, "This girl's a man hater." Oh no! <laughs> apart. But I can assure you, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I feel strongly about our SHARP program and where we're at with it because I was sexually assaulted last year. If you'd have asked me in 2019, hey, how's the Army SHARP program? I'd have been like, it's fine. Like, it's great. We have one. It's cool. But then after going through like the process of, you know, dealing with the investigation and and having like your special victims council, which is kind of your legal representative as a victim when you report, because there is reprisal. And so you want to be covered. All of that was pretty good. But after going through the portion where, you know, the offender, he was retained ultimately, and we can get into those details later if you want. Um, Like that just kind of opened my mind or opened my eyes rather to, just this problem we have with it. And the problem that I have been saying ever since the, the 18th Airborne Corps had the SHARP challenge is that the SHARP program is treated more as a PR stunt. Yeah. It is just this, hey, look, we acknowledge that we have this issue and this issue's been going on forever. So that's why we have this program. But and we, the program, te- we teach our soldiers, we teach our soldiers a class, you know, every six months and that's enough. Yeah, right. If that. So, yeah, for like top leaders in the organization, they're like, well, what else can we do? Like, we're training, we're mandating the training, we have policies written down, you know, we have UCMJ chapters that are dealing with these crimes, but, um, you know, there's so much more to it because just because a piece of paper says you can't do it and then we're not <laughs> going to tolerate it doesn't mean that it's, it's not um, being dealt with properly. And, and that is what I learned through the process. And so, my goal with the Sharp Challenge, honestly, I saw it on Star Major of the Army Grinston's Instagram story to, you know, propose your ideas. We want to hear from you. 18th Airborne Corps Sharp Challenge. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. I'm going to blow this up. I'm going to rant. <laughs> and rant, and rant because I'll, I'm a ranter. Yeah, um, I've, I've come to notice that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I did. And I, I kind of did it because I thought senior leaders would be reading it. I was like, well, if anything, you know, I was going to write with my congressman, but this is so much better. You know, if anything, I'll maybe I'll get some oversight on what's, what my story is. Uh, but it then it turned into be just such a bigger thing than I ever imagined. And, and then I got to brief those ideas to Lieutenant, to Lieutenant General Carrilla and some of the members from the People First Task Force. And then the media picked it up. And then I was like, okay, fine. I'll tell you my story too, you know? And, and like even here, here we are talking about it, you know. So, yeah. Uh, 
unfortunately, people get silenced a lot um, that have dealt with it. And so it's like, shh, shh, shh. we don't want this to seem like it's a bigger issue than it is. Yeah. But it's a huge issue. Yeah, no. And, and something something you've said, so like you said that if you looked on your Instagram, someone would think you're a man hater. <laughs> at the end of the they, day, they would. all that all that attests to is that it's an issue because sharp is meant for both sides, meant to prevent sexual harassment. What is it? Sexual harassment, assault, and response prevention. It's a crazy acronym: sexual harassment and assault and rape prevention. <laughs> yeah, and then that's program right, yeah. is a separate word. Yeah, and then you get then you got what is it? Posh. Yeah, I forget. There's like three P's. Yeah, then posh prevention of sexual harassment. You're, it just goes on and on. You're just like yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but it's not like it's geared towards helping females or helping males it's geared towards helping people who are victims of it and those victims just happen to be more female yeah yeah um i just i want it was it's it's it is it like you said it's it's bad and it it is a problem that i mean i saw it and when i was in for four years i was in for four years and i saw i mean it was only one example but i saw it and i mean it just goes to show you that it happens and and i think there's not very many people I haven't met that were in the military that haven't seen um, an example of it in some way. Yeah. Right. No, and, you know, it's not just the Army. Like, yeah, this is, you know, oh, yeah. based on Army, you know, ideologies. But, you know, it happens in the civilian world. It happens in the Army world. My wife is a victim of sexual sexual assault and harassment. You know, it, it happens. Same here. And, and the shitty thing for the Army is, Taylor, I'm sure you can attest to this. Johnny can attest. It's, it's a check the box thing. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a okay. Here, <laughs> oh yeah. Here's sure. here's a computer brief. All right, good. You're are you now? You know not to rape anybody. Like no, that's not how that works. I mean, you used yeah. to literally sign your name on a paper. Yeah. To check the box. I mean, I mean, not that that. I mean, you, there should be an accountability <laughs> thing there for sure. But but I mean, it was that was really all it was. I yeah. And. Taylor, I know I know you're not a man hater, so don't don't think that. <laughs> but no, and, and males males in the army is it, that pride thing, you know. If they do get sexually assaulted by you know another male or a female soldier, they're scared to come out because people are going to think of them as you know weak or you know they're they're just a bunch of bitches. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. yeah, it goes back to that mental health thing you were talking about uh, last episode or that we talked about last episode, where you're viewed as a bitch. You know, if you go. If you do anything like that, so I mean, and that, and like, so that doesn't just—that's not just in the military. That's in the civilian world too. I mean, males and females. I mean, if you've ever been some ever ever something like that's happened to you, you have to step up and say something. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. So, what were your um, propositions towards like these sharp program? Your your ideas to to improve it if you're able to say them now? Because I know I was listening to you. Yeah. The last you did with the um, was it the trash talk hour or whatever? Yeah. I listened to that one and you you weren't able to say because it didn't come out yet. But has it been released? Like what you are spearheading, what you're trying to do with this sharp program? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not like a secret, right? Well, yeah. Classified information. <laughs> um, I think some of the media outlets have kind of gotten confused in interviews and I ended up dealing with an issue with the Associated Press where I had to correct their like 
Yeah, I released like news report. I, I like emailed her. And was like, this is not at all what my proposal was. Like, I'd appreciate it if you edited that. that <laughs> and she did. She edited it and re-released Good. it because I was like, this is not news. Like, this is <laughs> Uh, and I have a 17 minute recording of my proposal to prove it, but, um, she fixed it. So, um, the media kind of, yeah, what, if you read it online, you'll see like a very like, no, the media doesn't do that. (laughs) It's like very vague what my proposals are. It's like the same things you've probably heard or said before, like hold people accountable and we need leaders that show up for training. Like no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Yes. That was part of my rant, but my big focus on my proposal was the administrative separation board piece of, um, of that. That's a big piece of how we separate people. And if you don't know, I'll just go ahead and say it for anybody listening. When you're in the army and you are, in for more than six years, I believe, or you're being recommended for separation that could be characterized, like your service could be characterized for anything less than honorable, you're entitled to a separation board, an administrative separation board. And what that is, is you're going to be recommended for whatever, you're going to get a GOMAR or a UCMJ, if, you know, your Article 15s, whatever. But if they're, if they're trying to separate you and they're trying to say your service is less than honorable, you get to sit in front of a board with whatever defense you have, be it military, uh, lawyer, or civilian at your own expense, and plead your case, as you should. That's checks and balances, right? Like, there's corruption everywhere. So my perpetrator, uh, he had his administrative separation board. He'd already received a relief for cause in COER, and he'd already been given a GOMAR. And those are both things for an E7 has to be done by the division commander, right? So a general says, yeah, dude, like, you got to go. But he gets this administrative separation board. And the three people on his board, because it's three members, they're all senior military leaders and males. Okay. None of them have, like, legal expertise by profession, right? They're not, like judges or JAG officers, they're just picked, you know, from the division commander based on whatever good standing they're in or availability at the time. They say, hey, you three are tasked out to do this. So what I propose to the board is, one, maybe the convening authorities being like these three board members, the actual composition of these boards should not be military members because there is an there is no doubt that there is going to be a military bias that oh, we yeah. like to protect our own. Two, they're not legal experts, right? Like, that's not their specialty by trade. The ranks of these individuals were a command sergeant major of an MP battalion, a lieutenant colonel, and a chief warrant officer three. And though they may have experience in, like, UCMJ matters and their command levels, like, they are not legal experts in this. And no. also... Why are they all three males? Why was there no female representation? And it says very clearly in the regulation that if you are going to appear before a separation board, if you're a minority member, you're entitled to uh, have a minority member present on your board. So if he were a black male, he's entitled to have a black male on his board, which I think is fair. Yeah. But he's a majority member. He is a white male. Okay. And he had two victims that are females myself, and his own female company commander. 
why was there no female to represent our minority? Jesus. So my proposal was, one, take it out of the military, like have legal experts without that military bias that, you know, they have expertise, that's their profession is, you know, presiding over these legal matters. Yeah. They should be the convening authority. And if, if not, or if so, make sure that they're demographically neutral for both the person, you know, that the board is for and if there's victims, especially in this type of case. So is it just picked at random, like, who's on the board? Or, like, how do they go about it? Do you know? It's supposed to be some really tedious process of how they select. I'm sure oh, what I'm it comes sure, down I'm sure to it's is, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's like, hey, we've got three, these three people, they have a good reputation, um, and they're available. Well, so Let's here's my thing. So, so now, did, did you get everything, did everything get switched around and you guys get rep- represented, or, or was it three males for the case? No, so it was the board was in October and it was three males and they decided to retain him. So and that won't change. I mean that unless he messes up again, that was their their thing. How do, I don't understand how you can do something that's against the regulation that states that you have to have someone there and then it somehow is transitioned <laughs> into a successful and uh, uh, absolute ruling. I don't that's Yeah. Because the regulations written and says it's more like if I if I were the perpetrator and I'm a minority member, I'm entitled to a minority member. But it doesn't speak on the victims. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I think it should be rewritten. I I say at minimum on the board have four, so you can have so say you can have two minority and two you know whoever. Yeah. Well, then who gets veto power? True. Yeah. I guess the person running well, the court? I, I don't know. But no, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you look I at mean it that to way. me, at that, at that point, like, you're not, I mean, to me, like, you're not providing a minority for a first to, to necessarily vote a specific way. You're providing a minority just for a specific point of view. So, like, I don't right. even understand why that, that I, I know that, that that's what the point you're making is that, like, you have to have you know, somebody who, who rules over majority over the minority, but like at the same time, in that instance, like, it's not like it, the minority, the fact that their minority shouldn't necessarily change their vote. It should just help them influence how they're going to vote because they understand for whatever reason, depending on the, the case, like I get it. Right. Sometimes it applies, but I don't know. It's craziness. It's and, insane. Yep. And including females on that board might not change anything because there is a lot of there are a lot of females in the military and out that are permissive of rape culture. There just are. It's easier for them to go along oh, yeah. with this majority like male kind of you know their opinion on how females should behave or whatever like that. Go along with that. They have that pick me attitude because they'd rather appeal to their male coworkers and their male seniors. And go along with their opinions and challenge them. Well, and that, and I mean, I just, there's that, and there's, I'm sure there's got to be the, the, I mean, I'm surrounded by them, so what am I going to say? You know what I mean? Like, so what am I yeah. going to do? I'm going to just agree with them. Yeah. Know, and until something changes that I don't have to um, agree with them, which, I mean, in all reality, until the culture changes, 
you're never going to be able to freely, you know, think those things. Someone's always going to be there to, to say something crazy. Yeah, and, that, and that's yep. a big thing, too, is people are scared of that, that repercussion to where if they do come out, you know, are they going to face backlash, you know, by their friends or by leadership? Are they going to be, you know, stuck on all these, you know, all these details or all these extra duties because, you know, they came out and, you know, spoke against, mm-hmm. you know, a squad leader who were to assault somebody. So, if you don't mind, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've shared it many times. And if don't mind sharing, like, what actually happened to you, like, for you to yeah. go along, you know, with the whole UCMJ process. Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, so last year, 2020, in March, I left and went down to the border. My unit was on the border mission, and I was sent down there to replace my platoon sergeant, and I was going to be, like, the senior medic for our task force. For you, U.S. Three Mexico border, right? What? What? U.S.-Mexico border? Yes, yes, on the Southwest border mission. Oh, yeah, there are so, two 68 whiskeys now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. What's that? Yeah. She's a, she's a whiskey. Yeah, no. <laughs> yep. So I went down there on March 2nd, and on March 6th, I went to a Lee Bryce concert because although it was a deployment <laughs> for all intents and purposes, we were allowed to do fun things in the local area as long as we were adhering to the policies that were in place. So one of the policies to go to this concert was if you were below a certain rank, if your staffs are in or below, and you go out and there's going to be drinking involved, which there was, um, then you had to have a chaperone in the rank of E7 or higher. Okay, too easy. It was a group of NCOs, and then we had an E7 as our chaperone. So I went, um, so I'm a a part of HHC company, and I went with some guys from a different company in my battalion. And I only really knew one or two of them, that they were the ones who asked me to tag along. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going. So I didn't know all of them, and I didn't know that E7, who is, you know, I'm going to explain how he's the assailant here in a sec, but I didn't really know him. He was our chaperone, so we get there. And we all sit in like a a row, like at the concert, all next to each other. And he's on my left. Just that's just how the cookies crumble. That's where we all sat. So he's standing to my left, and we rise is playing. And uh, we kind of like I don't know, have our beers in the air. You know, it's concert music. And I feel pokes at my side, like a finger poking my side. So I thought he needs some. He needs to tell me something. The music's loud. Like he's trying to get my attention because maybe he's to get past me, go to the bathroom. I don't know. So I look to my left, see what he needs. And he's just facing forward. Like he didn't do anything. So I was like, okay. So I look to my right, like somebody pranking me, like trying to tap the other shoulder, but on my side and there nothing, but it kept happening. And it happened, I think seven times. Um, and, and in between those times, I mean, I was like, do you need something? Like, why are you poking me? And he would say, oh, I'm sorry. You're just so beautiful and fun. I just can't help it. Jesus. So I was like, oh, brother. You know, because he's not the first dude he's ever hit on me, you know? like, So I'm just, like, trying to deal with it. Like, okay, listen, like, get your shit together, you know? Um, not cause a scene. Didn't want to be a Karen. Uh, ruin the vibe. So I'm like, okay, not a big deal. He's probably just drunk, which he wasn't supposed to be drinking as a chaperone, but that's another cue. Um, and then he touched my butt. And I was like, what are you doing? 
you know? And he's like, again, kind of pretending like he didn't do anything. And I'm like, I know that was you. Don't touch me. It's like, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then he does it again. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. What is the fucking problem, dude? You know, and it's like loud in there and no one else knows what's going on because they're, you know, to my right, listening to the concert. Um, And it's just like me and him right here. And I'm like, quit touching me. Like, you're married. You have kids at home. Your wife would not appreciate that. I don't appreciate it. My husband wouldn't appreciate it. And I'm trying to just like talk him down, you know, like, like, don't get yourself in trouble. But then... He does it again. And I'm like, okay. So I, I walk out, and the guy who's next to me on my right, he goes with me to the bathroom. He just, like, has to go to the bathroom at the same time. And I tell him what's going on. I said, look, your platoon sergeant is touching me. He started touching my side. Now he's touching my bottom. I don't care how much he's had to drink. You need to get him to act right. You know? Yeah. No, that's, not okay. that's not an excuse, the whole, oh, I, I was no, drunk. Like, no, fuck that. It's not an excuse. And, and, you know, one regret I have about this whole thing is kind of making that an excuse for him. Because I, even after, it took a week before I reported this. I didn't tell hardly anybody. I didn't tell my husband. Um, I didn't. I just kind of kept it to myself and thought, was he just drunk? Like, maybe it was just an accident. Maybe I should show him some mercy. Like, fuck no. So Yeah, fuck you, dude. Then, no. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I kind of expected him to apologize because after I told the NCO to my right, I was sure that he would bring it up to him and be like, what the heck, you know? And they did. I, at some point, they did bring it up to him, and there was, like, some words had between him and some other people uh, that I kind of heard about. And so I thought, okay, he's going to apologize. Not that, you know, just clears it all up, but it'll make me feel better that he understands where he's wrong. Yeah. So I run into him. About a week later, and he pulls me aside. I mean, not literally. He, like, asked me to come over to him, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's my apology. Um, but then he asked me to for some help with his uh, ranger physical. Like, he needs to get his ranger physical in so he can go to ranger school. And I was like. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jesus. not you at all. Fuck so, that. Yeah. after that, I was. I was just, like, having second thoughts about not saying anything. And I was like, this guy, like, doesn't think he has any sort of uh, thing to be sorry for. No remorse. So, I lived in in what we called a pod. We stayed on a a Marine Corps air station, and we lived in their barracks-type building. So, me and other females lived in this pod. It's barracks rooms with a shared bathroom and a shared common area. And I was the only female NCO down there. Of about 180 people in our sector, there were 10 females. There were a few junior enlisted. There was me, the only female NCO. And there were some female officers. So our pod was kind of mixed, like, with all females, but, like, all different ranks. And I say this because it comes up later where we were <laughs> we were allegedly – colluding together by living in the same pod and conspiring against Jesus Christ. So it's easier to believe that multiple women got (sighs) together and colluded to go against We're crazy, right? Hey, bitches be crazy. No. Crazy. (laughs) And people believe it. Yeah, that's the sad thing. And they did because what happened is one night in my pod his female company commander lived in that pod and I approached her and I said, ma'am, you know, I just want to let you know, you have 
an issue with somebody in your company. It's a platoon sergeant. She had like three platoon sergeants, so she didn't know which one. I wasn't about to give her give her the name. I was just trying to passively deal with it, like put it on her radar so maybe she could, you know, I don't know, keep her eyes open or do some extra training. Um, and she immediately was like, was it so-and-so? And she said his name, his ranking name, and I was like, why would you guess him first? And she just lost it. I mean, tears, she was upset. She was like, holy shit, he did the same thing to me a couple weeks before he got here. And she did not report it because of the same fears that a lot of us have, fear of, like, losing that credibility. I mean, she was a a female company commander for an engineer company, so mostly males. I think she had three or four females in her entire company. Um, A combat arms MOS, you know, it's just, you lose credibility with stuff like that. People are not going to believe you. So she didn't report it, but then she felt strongly that because she didn't report it, you know, that's what caused, you know, that did no did nothing for me in like preventing that if that makes sense. Like if she had reported her case, he wouldn't have been there. He would have been back home being investigated. Yeah. So she, she allowed it to happen to you essentially. Yes. And although it's not right, I definitely understand where she was coming from. Yeah. Because I too let it go for a week, you know? Um so we made a decision to report it together and we went and we told our battalion commander the next day. We both reported our separate incidents, and he sent that guy back to the rear. Um, an investigation happened. I thought everything was moving along nicely. He got a GOMAR. He got his relief for cause in COR. I was like, great. Like, if you have the audacity to do that to your own commander and an NCO, because neither of us fall into this uh, demographic of people who are highest, highest risk for being sexually assaulted. Usually, it would be your brand new soldiers yeah. to a unit you know we don't fall in that risk so if you have the audacity to do that to anybody but let alone like uh people who aren't necessarily vulnerable yeah. right by like, by statistics then like, you got a problem bud um, <laughs> it was not an accident so she falls at that point yeah for yeah, sure so he he was gone i mean they told me the separation board he's entitled to it's a formality nobody's gonna let him stay <laughs> because you have you have two females saying the same thing that aren't in the same squad. It's not like we were two privates like conspiring against our team leader that we hated. No, no you had to be colluding over text message or something. Obviously, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's all false. It always is, right? It's n- yeah, it's always so, your fault. Yeah, my fault. And that's kind of what the podcast host said a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that I was so outraged on on social media is, is she was having this discussion with me here, asked me what happened. And then she immediately goes into, well, I just find it kind of interesting that on your own Instagram, you know, you post somewhat provocative pictures or captions. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, one, that's highly subjective. And two, it's totally irrelevant to the conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't find any of your posts provocative. Like, you're a mom. You're you post what you post. Like my wife's having yeah. the same my wife's having the same issue right now. Like she she's bought some crop top shirts, you know, some spaghetti strap shirts, stuff like that. And her mom's like, Well that's moms don't wear that. Like, why not? Like, what podcast was this again? Veteran Trash Talk. Um Veteran Trash Talk Hour has an extension on their podcast produced by cool. them still on their same channel. It's called 
veteran trash talk female warrior edition. I, like, I haven't heard that one. by Leah, and Leah's the one who did it. Yeah, I just heard your, the one you had with the uh, with Buddy and the other guy. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine saying that. Like, and like, I can't imagine sitting there in front of you and going, "Well, I mean, was it you really?" Especially like, as a female. Like, like, yeah, like, what kind of jackass <laughs> sits there and assumes that and victim blames? Like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Man. Now I see why you said what you said. Yeah. Um, when you got in here. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Convictive like me. Yeah, no, not, not at all. Because here's the thing. Even if I, like, you saw the Marine chick that went viral, right? She goes viral. Actually, I have viral. not. I heard you, you talk. Haven't seen it. No, I heard you talking about it on the Veteran Chats Talk one, but I haven't actually seen the video. And I've, yeah. I've heard, I've heard, like, sort of what it's about and, like, what's going on with it. But, like, I'm getting, like, complete, I'm getting two sides of, like, what, What's going on? So yeah, yeah. for the people that don't know, for well, yours. Perception <laughs> is like when it first got posted. She's in this, she's in this TikTok video crying, sobbing in her car because the guy who was her perpetrator, who sexually harassed or sexually assaulted her, I don't remember which one she said, was retained. Like almost the same story as mine is you know being retained, and she like calls the commanding general out in it. This video goes viral, and, like, the Secretary of Defense is involved. He, like, wants to know why the heck this is a thing. So then it comes out that, oh, well, did you know she had an OnlyFans at some point? What's that have to do with anything? The conversation about whether or not service members should have an OnlyFans, that's a good conversation. But that has nothing to do with people violating people. No. Just because she has an OnlyFans doesn't mean that you should go, you know, sexually harass or sexually assault her. Like, no. Right. Not at all. Even strippers have boundaries, right? If you go to a strip club, don't know if you've ever been, and I have, so if you go to a strip club, <laughs> you know, you can't do certain things with yeah. strippers unless they allow that. The yeah. bouncers will kick you out quick and kick your ass, you know? Oh, like, for sure. They are still entitled to their boundary. If they want to show you their body and get paid doing it, that's their prerogative. Like, you can have your opinion about whether you think that's decent work or not, but that has nothing to do with violating somebody. And every time that we bring that up, we're making excuses. We're making it seem like, well, if women didn't show their ankles, I wouldn't want to rape them. Well, you know, and that's kind of dramatic, but that's No, I don't, yeah. Women were at one point hiding their ankles, hiding their necks, you know, hiding in the house all day, and they were still getting raped. Yeah. I mean, look at other parts of the, of the world, you know, where we're in Afghanistan, in the Middle East, like, they can't even show their hair. You see their eyes. Yeah. And it and yeah. it's true. Like, I've, I've seen it firsthand, you know, I've seen women, you know, over in Afghanistan get beat, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're just sitting there just watching it. Like, and you'll call it up, like, hey, there's something I can do. And they'll tell you as soon as you get in country, like, hey, like, there's nothing that's you can do. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. And that's the shitty thing is it's becoming a, a climate here to where, you know, okay, I'm going to sexually assault her, but then I'm going to blame her for doing, for me, you know, assaulting her, sexually assaulting her, sexually harassing her. It, it's her fault. She was wearing a, a, a crop top and, you know, it pretty much told me, hey, I want you to fuck me. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, and a guy coworker I had, um, he actually said it best one day, and I he was being serious, so it kind of pissed me off when he said it, but I, I truly believe he meant this, that he said, Knuven, you could literally walk past a dude and just smile and say good morning, and they would think you wanted to fuck them. That's just how guys think. Yeah. And I was like, so offended. You know, not like <laughs> him, but I was just like, that's, that's outrageous. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, but it's true. I mean, he. The sad thing is, like you said, it's true. He he's not wrong. And, and an attractive female walks by you, and you know, looks at you, and you're like, "Oh shit, she wants me." Like, no, like not at all. <laughs> no, bro. Listen, dog. <laughs> five o'clock stumble doesn't look good. It's possible. Anything's possible, but <laughs> no. But no, I mean, it's coming up here to Fort Drum. You know, that's why I messaged you and asked you if you're, you know, the meeting you have was going to be, you know, spread throughout, you know, Corps. You know, for those of y'all that don't know, 18th Airborne Corps is in charge of, you know, 10th Mountain Division, you know, where I'm at. 101st, where, you know, Taylor's at. 82nd, you know, it, the list goes on and on. 18th. Base. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll try to go back to 82nd. They wouldn't take me. Back but to brag. I tried going back to brag. I tried. But no, but the 18th Corps... A lot of the main units in the army falls under them, and if they're you know trying to step up, trying to you know say hey like we need to revamp the sharp program, you know that should probably you know say something for not just you know the army but on, on a personal level because especially the stuff going on at Fort Hood, you know you don't even have to be in the army to know what's going on at Fort Hood. Everyone has seen that. Now they're just the Vanessa stuff, but everything you know to where the commanding general gets fired like it it's crazy well and just remember like the shark challenge could have been a pr stunt in and of yeah which is something i've told pbs news hour which might come out to bite me when it comes out but i was being honest because when you talk about commanding general at Fort hood getting fired for something that he didn't have probably anything to actually do with like directly um, you're talking about like serious asses on the line, right? Yeah. So if I were a commanding general, I'd be like, oh shit, I have a lot to lose. And what, one of the things I said during that interview was like, Fort Hood just got caught. You know, it took yeah. somebody dying and not just somebody dying, but it took their family blowing up the media about it for it to get the attention and get the investigation into Fort Hood's climate. That could have happened anywhere. Yeah. And uh, we have. So I think these commanding generals are like nervous about it. You know, like, oh shit, I better at least look like I give a shit. Yeah. Know? But I mean, when it gets up to, you know, General Carilla, you know, who's in charge of, you know, CORE, which is in charge of all these other installations, I feel like once it gets that high up, I wouldn't say it was a PR center anymore. I think at that point, he's kind of like, oh shit, we need to make a difference. Yeah. Well, we hope. Yeah, Either we way, hope. The intent, whatever his intentions are, right? PR or he truly cares. Hopefully, the benefits are all the same. Yeah, no, if for sure. Improvements, people can benefit from that. Yeah, and you know, coming up here to drum is weird because this is my first time having female soldiers. And, you know, I, I'm in, I'm eleven Bravo. I've never had female soldiers, and I come up here and I have three in my platoon alone. And it, it it's weird having to adjust from like you've mentioned in, in your previous podcast that locker room talk yep. you know and, and trying to 
adjust what you say because my my uh, platoon leader, my PL, she's female and she's gay. So she's like the two big things that like you you kind of gotta watch what you say, but you shouldn't have to yeah. watch what you say. But growing it up, it just be like something you just do anyway. Now, I mean, we can't use the word fag, right? We yeah. can't. We can't use racial slurs, so we just can't make jokes about women or you know cert- certain conversations in front of them either. Even yeah. if they seem to be cool with it, that I'm one thing. Like, with a female who seems cool with it, because I've been that female who's been cool with it because I didn't want to be adverse, you know. Like, yeah. when really deep down, I'm like, wow, like. That doesn't feel good. That's kind of hostile, you know, but I can't say anything about it because then I'm that girl. Yeah. You're scared of the repercussions that that'll come up, come with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I remember We're just when... happy to be here. <laughs> I remember when we were supposed to get, um, you probably remember Wes when we were supposed to get that female for our medical platoon, um, back God, it would have, I think it was 2017, no, 2016, cause, um, because uh, it was about, the, about a year before I got out. But do you remember when we were supposed to get the, it was supposed to be the first female medic at a line unit, I believe, or something like that? Because okay. she was line uh, Oh, I believe so, because she was supposed to come to us. She was supposed to come to DECO, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah, and... and <laughs> Uh, no fist to you, Taylor. And she was supposed to be, <laughs> no. she was, I don't know if she was the first, maybe it was the first airborne female line medic or something well, like that. I can't remember. Third Brigade, yeah, Third Brigade at Bragg was the, like, the, the test brigade for, like, females in the infantry. Like, mm-hmm. if females joined the infantry, they had an automatic airborne, you know, slot, you know, they would go to Bragg for, like, the testing. So, I don't know if that actually, like, mm-hmm. ended up being a thing. Yeah, I forgot. Well, she was supposed to. She was supposed to show up to brag, or she was supposed to show up to our unit. And I remember, like, the fact that she was coming. It was, uh, it was throughout the unit within like a couple days. That, <laughs> um, I mean, it was just like, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the fact that everybody was like, "Oh my god, a female!" But I mean, it was. It was like, holy shit, like, like, oh my god, a female. <laughs> yeah, holy shit, a female is gonna be on the line unit, you know, or whatever, and. I, I remember it was so funny to me because everybody was like freaking out. I mean, even I, I mean, we weren't freaking out, but just it was, it was a little surprised. She ended up, I think she, I think we found out she didn't pass airborne school or something like that. And so, how did not pass airborne? Should I say easiest school in the army? Going to some, going to some leg unit somewhere. But, we hear legs represent. <laughs> my, my, Back and body are telling me that I should spend four years of leg, so. I mean, shit, like I said, I tried going back to brag, so obviously I hate my body. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> you are doing, bro. Do you hate yourself? They, I don't know why you would do that. They weren't taking fives at the time. It's the only reason I didn't go. Well, that's a good thing for you and your back. So after so after I go to, so after I go to drill, I'm going to go back to brag. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. So... I'll tell you, like, my husband was in 82nd for a little bit, uh, 2nd Brigade, if I remember correctly. It was, like, a year that he was there, and (laughs) I had to go get my family care plan signed by his commander, right? Like, our family care plan signed. It had both your commander signatures, so I had given it to my husband to do it, and he failed the mission, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going up there myself. (laughs) And I was just like, "Mm -mm -mm," you know, walk right in, like, hi, 
mean, like, I walked in, and, like, it's so relaxed in there. I mean, you got guys coming out of the shower. You got guys going to the lockers. They got <laughs> towels. They're, and they're, like, oh, oh fuck. on the floor. Yeah. And I'm, like, yep, there's a female on the floor. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at me, like, what are you here for? You know, I'm, like, chill, bro. I don't go here. I'm just getting this paper signed. Where's your commander? <laughs> you don't even, she doesn't even go here. He doesn't even go there. I was thinking that. Yes. Oh, man. But it was so crazy to me. I was like, really? Like, is that, you have to yell that so y'all don't accidentally walk out naked? Yeah. Like, I appreciate that. But, like, like no, because, I mean, how did that, we did that base training. How long, how long has yeah, it been now? That makes sense. What? Two years, three years? Is there allowed females in the infantry? Like, yeah. And, like, it's, it's that adjustment, like, having to adjust to having females in the infantry. Not saying, like, that's a reason to, like, sexually harass or assault anybody. Like, oh, I'm not used to females being in the infantry. But the way guys carry themselves is different because this past, mm-hmm. what, like, two weeks ago, we were in the field for a week. And our uh, PL, like I've mentioned before, is a female. And that whole – she came late. So the whole two days she wasn't in there, you know, everybody was chilled, relaxed, doing what we normally do, you know, because the other females didn't come out either because of health issues. So they weren't able to come out. So it was, you know, all, you know, guys out there doing what, you know, infantry guys do, talking shit, you know, making jokes and right. that. And then once, you know, my PL came out there, everybody kind of had to, you know, pull back and, you know, watch what right. you say, which, I mean, it shouldn't be a thing because you need to be cognizant of your words yeah surrounding your words you know who you're talking around i mean there's things you would say in front of your your peers that you wouldn't say in front of your leadership male or female probably like just a certain level of professionalism right so same thing with with females i think guys will tailor that oh there's a female here i need to be more respectful yeah things i which yeah you should but it's not it's not that when you don't have a female around that you should be comfortable acting that way. It's just, it should be something that you just start to make a habit out of. Like I'm a professional, I'm at work. I'm not at home with my buddies, right? Yeah. You're, you're at a job. There's certain things you can't say at your job. So don't do it. I mean, I've seen some videos of you at home with your buddies. Me? <laughs> Uh-oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> All your... Your uh, Instagram stories. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like okay, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not blaming. Don't think I'm blaming you for anything. Don't. <laughs> no, but one thing that came out, especially from the the Sergeant First Class, his kind of loyal followers, like his people who were in his platoon, all of his soldiers, they were mad that he left. I mean, they liked him, and they were like, "This girl, you know how? What? She just says one thing and he's gone, you know? So they, they're they still against me. And every time I post something on social media, they're talking about it. And I hear it, not from them directly, but I hear it from other friends I have that are in my unit. Yeah. And one thing they've said is, well, I remember, you know, sitting around and having a conversation that was mildly inappropriate and Sergeant Newman was there. Like, okay, and you know what? I'm going to do better now because obviously you're holding that against me now. And maybe it takes that for you to say, for me to take a step back and say, you're right. Like that wasn't me being a professional. And I appreciate that, but don't say that in a way that's like excuses all wrong. Yeah. Like we've all told a lie. Nobody's perfect, but all we can do is grow from it. 
as in, you know, not that you welcomed it. Like, okay, cool, I might have cracked a joke here or there, but I'm not welcoming somebody, you know, touching my ass. Like, Right, and I've never reported anybody for sitting around having locker room talk. Yeah. I've only, I've only reported one person, and that was the Sarnvers class for touching me. Yeah, who legit made a move on you. Yeah. Like, and, and like, I think a lot of people need to understand that, like, it's not about reporting people for making, you know, the occasional slip-up joke that it's not directed at anybody. It's just the stereotypical jokes that everybody kind of knows about and has heard all yeah. their lives. The locker room talk. Yeah, but more to a point where it's not like it's not like I'm directing these jokes at somebody or whatever. I'm just saying something, you know, like somebody said something and I said that's what she said or something like that. Like... It's right. not trying to. It's not trying to get those people. It's trying to get the people that have an innate habit, like you said, with the guy that got you, where she, the girl before you, didn't report it, and the exact same situation happened with somebody else, whether it was years down the road or weeks down the road or days. Um, mm-hmm. It's about stopping the people that have like a serious issue with. I don't know if it's like a sexual tension problem or like an issue like a, like a like a an issue with females in general or males if they if it, if it's happening whoever it is that's doing it but like it it's 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 bad and it, it obviously it's bad but it like it cannot happen it's it can't happen in the civilian world but it is it especially cannot happen in the military where we all have to be everybody's essential to every fight you know what I yeah. mean like whether it's you know the dude doing you know paperwork back in back at garrison like that dude did your paperwork to get you to afghanistan so, hey like, i mean right. b- bullets don't fly without Everybody supply knows. so yeah so yeah one one joke that i find especially like disgusting if we're talking about like locker room talk would be even you see it online all the time is when we're talking about barracks bunnies right like oh, we yeah. have this like perception of Females who live in the barracks who may or may not have had consensual sex with somebody in the barracks, maybe more. Now, all of a sudden, they're this barracks money. But nobody's getting onto any guys, you know, for having sex with whoever they want. It's always, like, this crude joke. Like, if I'm in the barracks, I'm not. But if I was, and I was single, and I wanted to have consensual sex with every single one of you, why am I getting shamed for that when guys do the same thing? Yeah. Yep. Now, I feel strongly against shitting where you eat, but that's not the point here. It's like, why are females shamed for that? Yeah. Well, and nobody's talking about what a, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke here, but like, the girl had sex with all the dudes. Well, so did the, like, last few guys. Yeah. You yeah. had sex with all the dudes too, essentially. I mean, like, not 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 in that way but i mean like it you 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 can you can talk all you want about her but i mean you how many do you have on your list you know what i mean like it's it that's a ridiculous right. one i've never if understood you, that yeah yeah if I mean, you've had too many sexual partners as a female you're a slut yeah if, if you've you had, had too, too yeah. many female sexual partners as a male like you're a hero yeah you're high-fiving yeah, yeah. like you should be like you should be I mean, you should be happy when someone has multiple sexual partners because that means they have experience. (laughs) Just going in completely, uh, you know, uh, what's the word for? Uh, Green. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah. everybody kind of knows what they're doing in this situation. <laughs> um, I've never understood the, 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 the stigma that, that lies with that. And it only lies with females, of course. I mean, and, and Taylor, you made a good point. We actually have something going on in our company right now with a female soldier and another soldier where they had consensual sex. And she is now coming out saying that, you know, none of it was consensual, that he, you know, raped her and stuff like that. But there were multiple witnesses that saying, you know, no, she 100%. Like, they both were completely 100% sober. and But now... She's coming out saying that you know, no, none of it was consensual. Like, you you make a good point where like females that have sex in the barracks, you know, are barracks buddies, but guys, you know, it's just another day, another walk in the park. Like, yeah, yeah. So how are the? I'm I'm curious. Like, how are those witnesses so sure that it was consensual? Were they there during the fornication? So, from my understanding, cause I you know. It's in a completely different platoon. The females in my platoon, she's not in my squad, so you know, I I don't bring it up to her, you know, kind of thing. But from my understanding is they were both, like, you know, all in, like, our day room together, you know, none of them were drinking, and they were both kind of, like, you know, flirt back and forth together, and then, you know, one thing led to another, and then they both went. And so from what people were saying, like, from there, it was consensual. Maybe something changed in the room. I don't know. Yeah. But from, like, what people are saying from, like, the day room together, they were both, like, 100% like, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is, like, even just listening to whoever thought they knew what was really happening in their accounts of it, like, no, nobody really knows except for those, those two. two individuals. Yep. And maybe it was consensual. Maybe she's saying something different now. Who knows? But my point of bringing this up is that it's too easy to disregard a victim's statement, right? Yeah. We think we know what they were thinking. We think, like, oh, it had to be consensual. They were all over each other in a bar. But sometimes it's just not like that. No. And, and I'm not saying in that in this case, but just because a girl's making out with you drunk in a bar doesn't necessarily mean that she wants to do more. But now she's, like, in a, in a place, and so is the male if he's intoxicated, where y'all can't really make those decisions for yourself. Yeah. Because you're drunk and... That's fine. Like, y'all should both take your hands off, you know? Like, hey. But nobody does that. No. Nobody does that. Because, you know what? Every time I went on a date when I was single before I got married, I was served alcohol. Like, hey, what do you want to drink? Hey, can I buy you a drink? Let's get you some more drinks. I mean, even my husband now, like, will give me wine because he knows, like, I'm going to get you some wine, girl. You know? And he takes advantage of me. I love wine. But, like, there's just this idea, like, I'm going to get her something to drink. I mean, yeah. think about this one, Blame It on the Alcohol by Jamie Foxx, right? Like, got you on the goose, get you feeling loose. Like, the whole song is about, like, getting yeah. drunk so you'll have sex with me. Yeah. Even, that, that might not be his intention, but we can't, we just should, should be careful about who we're surfing alcohol and our sexual intentions with them. Yeah, and Create yeah. that that boundary when you're sober if you say before you even get drunk like hey girl we fucking tonight and she's like yeah we are and then you don't have drinks okay then like now you'll have a mutual understanding but like you said like things can change though once you get back to where you're going and the shitty thing is like i don't know if it's still a law or not but like georgia for instance they have a right to finish law where if you're 
it's an old law that just hasn't been changed where if you are having sex with somebody and they say no, you have the right to finish. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And there, there, are multi- there are multiple states like that. So, like, if that were to go to court, that's the shit. But it's one of those, one of those old laws that, like, just hadn't been changed. Blue laws. Huh? Blue laws? Yeah. Like a blue law. Which, that, obviously, like, like if Georgia, you go to court. Like, there's, there's a blue law in Georgia that, that I don't know if it's still a blue law, but it was a blue law where you could beat your wife on the steps of the courthouse yeah. on Sunday. With like, no, with, like, something, like, no bigger than a quarter. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like something with like a stick that's like no wider than like something. Yeah, it was yeah. something ridiculous. And but like, yeah, I, it's crazy that those laws even existed, and the fact that like nobody's like, oh well, whatever, yeah. we'll just leave it. Like, no reason to change it. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Do that? Do we? Do does everybody? Know? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, if you take that to court, like, I don't know what judge in the right mind would be like. Okay, yeah, like you, you had the right yeah. to finish. Like, no, fuck that, dude. Well, like. <laughs> You can do it. It's on yeah. paper. But yeah, no. like, that's what I'm, like, I, like, <laughs> that's what's weird to me is, like, you've left the door open. Like, yeah. everybody knows every legal system in every part of the country, basically, has flaws. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know why you would leave a door like that open to where if something like that happened, you could have a defense. Even though, it's like, a pain in the ass to rewrite. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. It's more of a pain in the ass to do it now than it is to just hope that it never happens again. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's ridiculous, man. And the same thing goes with army regulations. This. Oh yeah. It's too hard to write, like, bro. Like, come on, man. Well, and that and that goes back to leadership, like the whole. Well, that's how we've always done it, so that's how we're always going to do it. I mean, that's yep. almost that same kind of mindset where, well, there's no reason to change it. It's always been there type deal. Yeah. Um, so I did I did have a question. How many, like, I don't know if you know, like, this kind of information, this kind of statistical information on the spot, but, mm-hmm. like, I mean, how often is, like, a sexual harassment or assault case a married we'll say male because I mean let's just be honest that I think the majority of it is male or at least the majority of reported is male um male um what's the word I'm looking for male oh not victim but the opposite perpetrator yeah male perpetrator um so with that being with you know understanding that most of them are male are they majority married or are they majority single like do you know that kind of thing or or is it you mean like a married perpetrator against someone who's not their spouse no well no i mean is it, i mean just in general the perpetrators in general are they married or are they single generally cuz like i feel like every time i hear a story about someone a male typically sexually assaulting or harassing a female they always seem to be married for some reason. And I like that part to me really makes less sense. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. And I think there's probably a way to look that up, but at the same time, there's so many reports that don't get made, you know, that even if it's on paper somewhere or tracked somehow, it's inaccurate because people don't report. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem to yeah, it always seems to me like the majority of the cases are married males. And, like, I don't know if that's something to do with, 
like being married, but like I mean, like ever since I like once I got married, like I realized, you know, I was like, okay, like you know, this is me and her now, and this is like our team or whatever. But like, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I know it happens on the single level. I know there's single dudes that have done it, and I know that it happens. But it just, it has seemed to me like it happens more from Maybe the only thing I could think is, like, a psychological reasoning of reporting. Like, if I were sexually assaulted by a single dude, would I be as offended Mm, if it was a single dude versus married dude? And that's not right, but... Maybe I'm thinking like, and he was married, like the audacity. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm more compelled to tell. Well, I mean, even when when you told me, up. when you told me you're the guy that 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 was your perpetrator. I mean, he when you said he was married, even I like personally, I was just like that made me even more disgusted about it because like, and I think that's part of it is like there's that thrill added to it now because now not only are you doing something you know you shouldn't do to somebody but you're also mm-hmm. doing it to somebody you're not supposed to do it to yeah it's um, like it's like an, an adrenaline rush oh yeah i'm sure it is that's yeah oh, and i was having this conversation at work uh with some guys like why why men commit these sexually violent crimes against women right and i'm not taking away from the fact that women have been guilty of this too i'm just why is this happening? Majority male perpetrators, like why, why? And from research that I had done, uh, I read some scholarly articles. Like the theory was, especially in the workplace, it's a control thing. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, there are laws that say I can't discriminate against you because you're a female, so I'll work around those and just make you feel uncomfortable being here. And if I get my my kicks off in the process, like great. Yeah. No, and you're you're not wrong. Like it's that that being in control of of the situation, being in control of somebody. You know, maybe they don't have that at home. Maybe you know the wife wears the pants, so they're like, oh, "Shit, well, now I have to be a hard ass at work." And you know, it just kind of veers in in the wrong path. Because I mean, yeah, it, yeah. And there's this whole other conversation, and I hate to even bring the buzzword up because it's so offensive to people. But toxic masculinity, I mean, look at it away from those two words. Like, what does it actually mean? Like, men, my brother, my dad included, my husband in some regards, are raised in a way that says, like, you're in charge. Like, you're expected to be the tough one, the breadwinner, you know, and nothing is going to jeopardize that. So when you have females coming into the workplace, potentially taking your positions away from you, you know, and you're not in that control, you're, uh, you might assert yourself in other ways. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I turned the corner my first day up here and I saw that I had a female PL, I literally in my head, I was like, what? Like, oh shit. Like, oh, I'm back. You're back. All right. But like I was saying, like, when I, when I turned the corner to go into my office, when I got up here at drum and I saw a female PL, my reaction was, holy shit, like, it, it was something new, and, you know, having a female, you know, kind of telling me what to do, it's like, uh, you know, I was a team leader at this point coming in, kind of like, hey, this is how we're going to do things, I was kind of like, thrown off guard, but then, you know, she 
you know, once we did our first field problem together, I was like, okay, cool, you, you, you know what you're doing. Like, because, you know, females in the infantry is a, is a new concept. And, you know, your, your husband, he's, I, I forgot what group's down there. At, um, what group's that? Fifth. Fifth? So, yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure he, he can say the same thing. It's that you, you need to be in charge as, as a male. And group, you have that, that toxic, toxic, I wouldn't say toxicity, that, that masculinity where, like, you know, we're the shit. Yeah. And it's a much debated thing because in a lot of ways, that sort of toxic masculinity has been very productive, especially in career fields like ones that fight wars, you know? And, and there's a lot to say about it masculinity that's done a lot of great things for you know making us a free country and we don't want y'all to be less masculine (laughs) we just want take away the part that says like hey you're not allowed to have feelings and you have to assert yourself in certain ways like beating up people on playgrounds you know like Like, sexually violating women like you don't have to do that yeah (laughs) stick up for women be a sheep dog the best way I try to tell like or, or like try to understand it is is like it's okay to be manly and like manly shit but like when it affects someone else's life negatively now it's become toxic yeah and like that's what you have to understand if you're not affect if you if you're if you're only affecting everybody's lives in a positive way with your masculinity then it's not toxic you're great perfect that's awesome man but like if you're you know, a badass and you're a cool guy and like, you're, you know, the, the typical dude, but like, you're also like, you know, calling girls out in public and doing all this crazy. You're a piece of shit that you're a piece of shit. Like that's toxic masculinity. Everything before that was cool. Like whatever you're doing, you know, you, you know, whatever it is, shooting guns, you know, all that, you know, watching sports, all that cool, you know, guy shit. But then past that, when you're affecting someone else's life negatively, that's when it becomes a point where it's become toxic and it's become a problem and something that we have to work on. And that's what everybody, I think you have to know where a line is. And that's the problem is, is, is people assume that this line is, is, you know, somewhere between, I don't like, like people think that they're trying to kill manliness or whatever like no we're trying to kill negative manliness i yeah. don't know how else to describe it no i mean and that, yeah and there's toxic you know femininity too i mean oh, yeah. i think personally <laughs> i think relying too much on a man is kind of toxic right like come on like it's 2021 women are more equal than ever like still not all the way there but like go go get your degree or get your job yeah. get your skill and be able to, you know, provide for yourself because you're in a toxic femininity situation if you're you're not like kind of asserting your independence in some way. Yeah, no, not hating on stay at home moms because I for a long time wanted to do that. I'm saying stay like dad. have a I'll say my wife's just... plan, right? <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I mean, be strong, independent black woman. You're good to go. Even if, <laughs> even if you're white, you're good. But yeah. no, I it's like. I, um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh-oh. I was, man, I was going somewhere and then completely blanked out. I just love so, how, how our conversation just keeps. <laughs> hey, man, that's, that's what it is. 
I mean, it's I w- funny though, like hearing Eleven Bravo's like perception of at my BLC class. Like I was one of two females in my platoon, right? And one of them was gay. She's from an MP unit. The other one was me, right? Super girly, straight girl, like medic. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, from your Instagram, I wouldn't say you're a straight girl. You hunt more than most dudes I've seen. Yeah, but I wear makeup when I do it. (laughs) I'm pretty girly, girly and uh, I do appreciate all my people in my BLC platoon, because I felt like even though a lot of them were were 11 Bravos, they all had this, like, respect for me, Like like a sister, but not like a little sister they were protecting, like... A sister and then later a mother, like, don't fuck with her. Like, that's our mom, you know? Yeah. No, and, and that's the thing. Like, our senior medic in our company is is a female, but we all call her mom. Like, yeah, it, 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 awesome. it's that thing to where, okay, like, I don't give a fuck if you talk shit about me, you call me gay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Don't talk shit about mom. Like, you talk shit about mom, it's, it's a wrap. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's just it's a thing. It's not endearing being called mom, but what if I called someone dad? I mean, what daddy? See, that's just weird. Open a can of worms, right? Yeah, that's just weird. We actually we have a guy in my platoon who um is from Africa, like he, he's from Togo, like straight from Africa, and he comes in our office one day and we're like, hey man, what's up? He's like, oh, I'm looking for mommy. Talking about our PL because we call our, our PL mom, you know, mom and dad. You know, platoon sergeant, platoon, mo- platoon sergeant, platoon, platoon mom, leader, platoon yeah, dad. mom and dad. Yep. And he's like, "Oh, I'm looking for mommy," and we're like, "Bro, like, no, like, we, no, like, it, it's mom." He's like, "What? What do you mean?" He's like, "It's the same thing." We're like, "No, mommy, it's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same." Yeah, we're like, "Mommy kind of has that that eh, kind of thing." He's like, "American language is so weird," but no, like you said, like you come in there, you, you know. <laughs> Calling, looking for looking for a squad leader or the potential like, hey, where's daddy? Like, no, like you just that would be inappropriate. Yeah, like, hey, he, this. like no, no, like if he didn't know American language was weird with like, <laughs> there and like um, what's the other where? I mean, there's all kinds of. I mean, you gotta know the English language is weird. Yeah, but no, like, but no, it, and it's. The thing, too, like, if he came in there and someone heard him call the platoon or, or PL mommy, like, that's a that's a complaint right there. Somebody could have easily went and, and filed a, a sharp complaint because they felt uncomfortable with the thing. And, and I feel yeah. like that's the thing, too, is when it comes to sharp, people don't know, okay, is this crossing the line? Is this not? And, and they're scared to go about it because they're scared. Like, okay, if I go report this... You know, a, a little infraction, you know, granted there's no little infractions when it comes to Sharp, but this little infraction, you know, could, this, could they just look at me like, you know, you're retarded. You know, why, why are you telling me this kind of thing? Yeah. I think that the, you know, of like sexual harassment, sexual assault, rape, like there are levels of offenses, just like murder. There's murder in the first degree. There's murder in the second degree, right? Like, and they should be... Uh, educated appropriately, right? Like, if I were to report you for making jokes about beating women and sexually discriminating jokes, like, no, should you lose your career a bit? I don't know. That's not for me to decide, but I do think there is a clear difference between someone who makes sexually charged jokes and someone who rapes women, right? Yeah. Do they need to lose their career for, like, 
sexual discrimination in jokes, not in like choosing positions? Maybe not, but what are we doing to correct those people? And one of the things that I talked about is we have Sudsy, we have FAP, we have, uh, and okay, let me break those down for you. Yeah, I'll say, because we, we have a bunch of people that, that aren't in the Army. Who abuse substances, programs for people who beat their family members. We have financial counselors if you find yourself in a financial bind. So when we have soldiers who don't understand, you know, how to correct themselves around women and working with women or being appropriate in that regard, well, what, what kind of program do we have for them? The SHARP program doesn't offer anything like that. Yeah, it's that literally... rehabilitative type of aspect. Maybe we should. Yeah, no, I 100% agree because it's literally like... I feel like you said somebody that makes jokes and someone finds it inappropriate shouldn't be held to the same level as somebody that actually committed, you know, sexual harassment or sexual assault. Right. Like, it, it needs to be, you know, you need to find that, that level and... I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> I lost my train yeah, of thought, too. Like self-refer, command referral to some yeah. sort of program where, hey, like, I hate to say it, it's like, this is a massage, anti-misogynistic, like, therapy. I can't say that word. Anti-misogynistic therapy <laughs> group. Like, maybe a different title, right? Uh, but, like, hey, like, this is a real thing. Yeah. We're going to have some group therapy sessions so we can get past these these misperceptions that society has had. And, like, they've got to dictate how women should behave and, and what they should wear and all this for forever. We're not doing that anymore. So now we're going to do some therapy and do some rehab for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Real, real quick, I want to get off on a little bit. Oh, wait, this is going to be way off topic. But Jesus. I just saw the commercial for um, for the, the, the Army, the new Army commercial for – Basically, I mean, it's just trying to recruit people to join the army, okay. and it gives those are all, great. Like it gives all these different. I love their recruiting commercials; they crack me up. Um, but it gives all these different. Now this new one is like it gives all these different like people in these different jobs, and they have like all these powers. Like one of them's called the wavelength, and she's like she like combines her hands together and sends this signal through the air she's like the communications or whatever they're all supposed to be like superheroes man I don't know who is at the army production (laughs) but they should be making an astronomical amount of money because there's so much that goes into their stupid advertisements oh man I love how we went from having the rehabilitation for like the Sharp program to Superpower. No, I, I, I just, it's. I saw. I, I we're, we're we're on the army, obviously. So I I was like, I gotta bring this up before I forget about it. Later. <laughs> yeah, li- um, like I said, Taylor, this is very informal. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we we talk about do what? Yeah, we t- What'd you say, Taylor? I said, it's fine. I've been vaping. I've been drinking wine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's my third White Claw. I'm about to go on, like, my fourth Crown Royal. Like, we're good. You guys are drinking White Claws. I have to start being more formal, I guess, uh, and not cussing as much and not, like, maybe (laughs) acting a fool because of this whole Miss Better in America thing I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Great employees. Posture. No. So, yeah. Actually, in my first episode, I'm actually in communications with the founder of that. 
Jazz booth? Yes, because my... Oh, pretty, oh wait, that's right. Yeah, I'm not even... I forgot about that. My second mom was, like, runner-up in, like, 16 or 17. Your second mom? Yeah, so, like... Like, legitimately. Like, I've known her since, like, literally the day I was born. So, I, I just call her my second mom. And so... Okay, what's her name? 2016. Nicole Allred. Okay. There's a there's literally like a whole documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like served like a girl or something like that. Watch uh-huh. it because the Miss Veterans America actually like funded it and like did. But watch it. It's really good. But no. So yeah, um, I'm actually in communication with her, and, and I'm not allowed to call it a pageant. I have to yeah. do I have to do fifty pushups every time I call it a pageant. <laughs> but yeah, no, and I so I've been seeing your posts about that. So, why don't you tell people about that? Because we're going to have her come on one of the shows here soon. Yeah, absolutely. And if she's watching or listening to this, I hope she just knows that um, I'm, I'm grace and poised, but I still drink wine, and I say the F word sometimes. <laughs> I, mean, okay. I mean, the lady I was just telling you about just bought me a fucking bottle of um, 82nd whiskey. So, I mean, we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, and I, I think that's important because if we're talking about Miss Better in America, like, <laughs> We drink. We drink. You can't expect us to get down and dirty in the field and like come back and be all grace and please. This is what I have to say. You're you're about to get kicked off just because she's gonna listen to this. But yep, she's gone. I just wait a minute now. Was she sent you an eighty second bottle of whiskey? Is that are you talking about that one that's got like the whole design on it? I'll go grab it real quick. I'll be back. Yes, I want to see it. <laughs> I know I might have to go get me another glass of this. Um, no, yeah, I agree. Like, like we have to we have to understand like what a veteran or or an active duty is. Like, you can't. Yes, those. Yes, yeah. those are awesome. Yes, I, I haven't them. opened it yet because I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I'm not. When I, if I get <laughs> that's yeah. sick, man. I probably get two so I can open one. And that's right. <laughs> I need like a Rakasan bottle of No. Tools. No. Can I have a Tory on it? <laughs> no. Oh my god. This is probably another story for another day, but fuck the Tory. Fuck the Rakasans. We're gonna get you on again. What the heck is a Rakasan? I'm, I'm, I'm losing me there. A Rakasan is. The worst people you will ever meet. The person of the 101st is referred to, and it's Japanese, and it's a Rakasan. It's a warrior. Oh, oh, I do know, yeah. And, and, um, There's some of the worst people you will ever meet. Weren't they? Army, army, what the fucks? Because like they spray painted a bunch of those everywhere or something like yes, that. Yeah, we're always getting caught for spray painting Corey's places. Yeah, so that I mean, I'm pretty sure we're already like an hour an hour into this. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But my Rockstar story is another episode, another story for another day. And Taylor, I'll get you back on for that for that um, <laughs> for that rant. I can find you some Rockstars. I'll be better at defending Rockstarism. Dude, oh my god, so. That's going to be an episode. We're just going to have all my Rakasan buddies is a bunch of Rakasans uh, defending. It'll be like a Rakasan versus 82nd episode. <laughs> I'm oh, down. No. I will get some dudes from deployment. We'll get some Rakasans that we ripped out with. I'm down. All right. <laughs> um, anyways, keep going about um Miss Veterans America. Okay, so with all <laughs> this sharp stuff that came up, I was approached... 
by someone who was like, hey, have you considered competing for Miss Veteran America? And I was like, what's that? Right? Never heard of it. So give it a Google, and I'm like, oh, like I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, it's kind of a shame it's not a thing because it's pretty cool. Um, and what it is is Miss Veteran America is an organization and a movement that is its intention is to showcase the woman beyond the uniform. So highlighting the fact that we're not just soldiers, right? We're mothers. We're sisters. We're daughters. We're more like, and just like men, like you guys are fathers, brothers, got it. Okay. So, uh, just a way to like appreciate, um, women in being more than just courageous and serving their country, right. Against all odds. Like we we're now in the military, but we're doing that and doing these other things that society holds in high regard, right? Like as a mother, you know, they, they, they see it as, oh, you're leaving your child to deploy. Like, why would you choose to join a profession for that, right? Whereas a guy, it's like, it's super noble, right? Yeah. It's like, wow, you're a hero. But for me, if I go to the border for four months, it's like, why would you leave your children for four months? Why would you reenlist, you know? You're sound- silly. So You're sounding real feminist right now, Taylor. Well, I'm not <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know. But I, I know what you mean, yeah. But it's hard to justify one a mom doing not it. getting that paycheck um, to stay home and not, not have a sense of purpose other than just soul motherhood, which is a great purpose for a lot of women, but that's not for me. You know, I just feel like there's more to offer. And so with this sharp stuff that came out and me reading about Miss Better in America, their mission is through Final Salute Incorporated, who puts on Miss Veteran America. And Final Salute Incorporated is a nonprofit organization whose mission is dedicated to finding safe and suitable housing for homeless female veterans. And I thought, well, how does, like, what I've been talking about, resiliency and sharp and, like, victim advocacy, how does that tie into homeless female vets? And I started looking at what the Final Salute Inc. had to say about their mission and a lot of contributing factors to homelessness, be it male or female, it's domestic violence, legal issues, like lack of social support, military sexual trauma. (laughs) Okay. Weird. (laughs) So I was like, oh, wow. Like they're saying, and and they do, they put up some statistics, some studies from the VA and and the HUD that are like, hey, women are more likely to become homeless as women veterans than male veterans. And now what I'm not saying is there are more homeless female veterans, because that's not true, because there's way less female veterans than there are male veterans. What I'm saying is if those are the contributing factors, we're already against, like, the odds are against us, right, in terms of domestic violence, military sexual trauma, like lack of social support. Those things are already stacked against us, and so it made sense to me. It was like, holy crap. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be a part of an organization that is catering to this demographic. And the whole reason that they're supporting females and their missions females on males is not because they don't want to take care of men that are homeless vets. They want to take care of, like, this invisible homeless demographic because what happens is that these other VA programs they have for homeless veterans, they're not like child friendly. So a lot of females have are single mothers. They have children. 
So if they need housing, so do their kids. But a lot of these places won't take kids. So it's like, how interesting. I could use everything I've been screaming about on my platform, resiliency and victim advocacy, and like we need to change that and, and work with Final Salute Incorporated and like have this platform of like preventing you from even becoming homeless in the first place. If we can eliminate some of those factors, you know, with change to the SHARP program and victim advocacy and spread this message of like, what is victim blaming and show how we're all probably guilty of it in some way or another. Like maybe we can prevent this from ever happening. And so I signed up to do it. I got accepted. I'm now doing the semifinals. I'm super excited. Um, For the, and thank the, God it's not a bikini portion. The P word, the pageant. Man, hey, that's, yeah. like, that's like a that's like a 150 pushes right there that I have to do yeah. now. I said it like three times. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they don't listen to this episode. But no, Did I, mean, I say pageant? No, but now you have 50 push-ups. He has. I said it like three times. Multiple times. I mean, I don't know why the word pageant is super offensive. I mean, even like Miss America, like they do a lot of of philanthropy, okay? They do a lot of charity work. So I don't even know why that's why that's a big thing. But even in Miss Congeniality, she's like, it's not a pageant, it's a scholarship program. Scholarship. I think you have like Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just like in everything, you have people that take it to another level where they're trying to, you know, well, oh, if we're going to do this, well, then we also need to do this small little thing. Like, no, man, like, we're not worried about that. Like, we need to work. We need to focus on the big issues at hand, not not worrying about, you know, little things that don't really mean anything, like calling something a pageant or not. Like, (laughs) come on. There's nothing, there's nothing bad about calling something a pageant, but there is something bad about, you know, someone touching someone else's ass. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, like you have to, you know, so it, you gotta know, like, like I, I think the problem is people don't understand like a, a line, like you have to know where to draw a line and where, right. where, what truly needs to be fought for lies in between. Pick your battles. Yeah, yeah. exactly, man. That, that ain't something you learn being married and having children. I don't know what the hell. Oh yeah. Like. Kids the most. Oh my God. <laughs> I just love how we've quoted Mean Girls and Miss Congeniality. In the same podcast. In the same podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot we quoted Mean Girls. That was awesome. But no, I mean, this, the Miss Veterans America is definitely a great, a great thing. And like we've mentioned in our our first episode, a lot of people forget about the, the female veteran, you know, society. Like, when you think about a veteran, you think of your your bearded, muscular guy, and it's it's not just that. You have a bunch of females, a bunch of women, a bunch of moms who mm-hmm. get out and, and can't transition. Because, um, I mean, like I've mentioned before, my, my second mom, she is a was a part of the Miss Veterans America. She's part of the documentary, Served Like a Girl, you know, and, and she had a hard time transitioning outside you know, from the military, she was part of the the initial surge into Iraq after 9-11, and Miss Veterans America kind of helped her with that transition from the uh, military to the civilian life, and it's a great organization. I can't wait to actually have Jazz Booth on, and along with my, um, you know, 
with some of the other participants that have, you know, gone through that, that competition. I'm not going to say the P word. (laughs) (laughs) But, Um, go ahead, John. Yeah, I, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, you said we kind of forget about, we we have this picture of, like, what a veteran is, and, like, we have, uh, we, we forget about female veterans. Like, like, put yourself in a female's shoes that, I mean, any female in the military can experience all the same things that a male can as you know, as far as like combat, you know, for PTSD, different stuff like that. But then also put yourself in the shoes of some, a female that, that not only had to deal with, you know, some sort of combat PTSD or something like that, but then also has to deal with a sexual harassment or sexual, um, assault PTSD on top of having to deal with, with combat PTSD or, you know, sometimes Military in itself can cause you, you know, minimal amounts of PTSD yeah. in and of itself. So, I mean, I mean, I dealt with depression and anxiety from the military just being in it alone. So, I mean, you factor in those kind of things on top of the fact that they are in much more likely position to be sexually assaulted or harassed. You know, it, it, it's, it is sad that, like, we do kind of have this image of what a veteran is and, like, we don't have things that are dedicated to help females specifically transition out of the military because I think there's a lot more there's there's issues that you don't deal with maybe necessarily in the military that you will deal with outside of, of the military that they, they probably don't talk about so like yeah it, it I is have, important I have one guy on my um, I started my new campaign page or whatever for, for the competition and I was I put up this sign that says you know women veterans are more likely to become homeless than their male counterparts, which was a fact from the VA study in 2009 or whatever. And they were like, how is this even true? Like thinking about most female veterans haven't even stepped foot into a combat zone. And if they have, they definitely didn't leave the wire. It's only a select few that have. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with who, who is potentially um, subjected to PTSD, like you can Whoever have PTSD. Whoever goes off a mile away from you can give you PTSD. No, like, I'm that's telling crazy you, crazy to think about. Like, think about an entire mortar that's aimed at trying to kill you just went off like a mile yeah. away. Like that, that can give somebody PTSD. Yeah, no. you don't even have to deploy to experience PTSD, and especially talking. I mean, I was sexually assaulted at the border, like yeah. in America, like in the states. Yeah. And you're going to tell me, like, and I'm not saying I have PTSD from it because I've not been diagnosed with that, but, like, you're trying to say, like, there's no way I could have PTSD unless I've been deployed? Like, bullshit. Because there's a war right here. Right here. My (laughs) wife suffers from it, and she's been diagnosed with it because of her a previous relationship that she was in. She suffers from PTSD, not, you know, this you know, sexual harassment way, plus the other stuff that happened in that relationship that, you know, I'm not going to get in more detail with because, you know, it's, it's not my place to. But she suffers from it. But I'm telling you, if you don't think women haven't seen combat or haven't been in combat or, like, combat MOSs, watch Serve Like a Girl. I'm telling you, some of the female, some of the women in that, you'll watch it and you'll be like, holy crap. And, but, and that that goes back to the thing like I was saying like there's really there's nothing in the military that males and females can't experience but there are things in the military that females can experience like pregnancy um, being a, a being a mom a single mom in the military can happen mm-hmm. yeah being a single dad can happen in the military but it's highly unlikely 
um, unless you joined as a single dad. Um, but you know, being being a mother alone and a soldier at the same time, I mean that, um, or um, or having to deal with something like sexual harassment, sexual assault. Like there are things that a woman has to deal with in the military that a man will not have to deal with. Um, yeah. And I mean, you have to understand that and they, they have to get, you know, like, like you were saying, Wes, they, they have to get that, that help. Yeah. Yep. I mean, kind of off topic, but we talk about equal standards for the PT test. I'm all for it, but do realize if a woman can do the same standard as you, and she's on her period. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I said earlier, bitches be crazy. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's another conversation. Taylor, we're going to have you on a couple of times. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get more wine. Maybe I'll bust out the Tito's next time. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, yeah. But no, I mean, because I mean, you bring up a good point. Oh, with with the, the new um, ACFT, where it is now MOS-based, and they keep pushing it to the right, the release, well, like the effective date for it because there are a lot of females in the infantry that aren't able to pass it. But not even that, there's a lot of males in the infantry that aren't mm-hmm. able to pass the ACFT. Because yeah. I'm not going to lie, my first time taking it, I'm 5'5". Five five. The ball throw, I filled the ball throw my first time taking it because it's all about leverage. And if you're not tall, you're, you're fucked when it comes to the ball throw. I mean, my second time getting it, I kind of, you know, figured it out and, I, you know, I passed it. But no, when it comes to the ACFT and it being MOS specific, I agree with having MOS specific PT standards, but to a certain point. Because obviously a female's not going to be able to come up to a hex bar for the, like, on a deadlift and deadlift 200 pounds right off the rip. Like that, that's yeah. not that's not gonna happen. But if you yeah. want females to be in the infantry, I mean, unless she's jacked, yeah. But if you want females to be in the infantry, you're gonna have to change those standards. And I, I personally, I might be a piece of shit for thinking it, but I don't think that they should change the standards for females for the PT test if you're gonna do it MOS specific. No, it should be equal standards. Like, if you want to do this job, great. You're welcome to do it. Have the standard. However, when we're talking about promotions in those MOSs, yeah, no, 100%. And the inevitable fact that males, you know, are different than females in strength and endurance, like, okay, now how can we compete for the same position if it's based on PT scores unless there is, you know, a scale involved? Like, there's some, some way of saying, hey, like, this is a pretty good score for a female that should not be held against her and like males chosen over her because they scored higher when they're in a lot, in a lot of cases, right? Stronger, yeah. faster than females. But yeah, but no, we're not going to get into this today. Cause that, I mean, shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to have a whole discussion on the, <laughs> the promotion system. Cause I mean, the promotion system doesn't just fail females. It fails everybody. Bro, but I went to the six board. I just went to the six board in January. I knew maybe a third of the questions, right? And I walked out. They told my sponsor, and they're like, "Yeah, like we're gonna give it to him based off confidence, because he confidently didn't know shit. So we're gonna give him a six. Uh, I, I had people tell me before. Um, I, well, not before. I I never went to the five. Like, they wanted me to go. Yeah, but I never just did. be confident. And, 
but before <laughs> like before I started getting to like PF or when I got the PFC, got the E4, and I was getting to a point where it was time for me to maybe look at E5, people would tell me like, yeah, man, don't worry about like actually getting the answer dead on correct. Like try to get them right. But like if you can't, like if you don't know it, just say something, well, whether it's right or wrong, and just be confident about it. Because confidently like, tell them weird. you don't know. That's you exactly know. what I did. But I also think they gave me the benefit of the doubt because I got to the unit in November. I went to the board in January, and I found out the week before that I was going to the board. Oh, nice. Classic. Classic. So I'm pretty sure they just gave me like the benefit of the doubt, but they're like, yeah, like he confidently didn't know anything, but like when it came to like the stuff he should have known, like the infantry stuff, he killed it. But when it came to like, how many forms does it take to cancel out this other form? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but I can go find out. Yeah. Resourceful. Yeah, pretty much. But no, I mean, shit, it's almost 10 o'clock, so. Yeah. yeah. I gotta go to Dollar General. Yeah. I gotta go to <laughs> I got I got to drink some more than go to bed, but <laughs> Taylor, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. We're definitely gonna have you on again because I mean you were a, a great, great guest, guest, great conversation, and it was a fun time. John, you know, you're just our resident pothead, so. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just here to listen and discuss. But, uh, well, Taylor, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on, you know, with your whole story. And, you know, I'm glad you weren't too famous to come on a little little <laughs> podcast that only has one episode. <laughs> so I'm so famous with the Indian men, I tell you. <laughs> uh, how many listens do we have on that first episode? Hey, I think we're at like 23 now on the Ooh, first episode. That's what I'm saying. What is dog? That's what I'm saying. So, guys... Stop what y'all are doing. Scroll down to the bottom. Give it a five-star like. Give it a comment. Let me know what y'all think about it, what y'all want to know. And for John Gresham, I'm Wes Medeiros. Taylor, thank you for joining us. This is The Disgruntled. Later.